You can hear me? All right, special ladies here at 8.30 in the morning. Um, so this is the first year that we've done a, a workshop during the lectureship. And so who knew? I mean, who knew what was gonna happen? Who knew if we'd have a roof bowl? Who knew if we'd have one? Um, Martha, because she introduced me. But, <laughs> but um, let me just ask, who are preschool teachers? Okay, kind of. A lot of you teach the older, older kids. Um, I mean, obviously the things that I will present in this preschool part um, could be kind of modified and changed and um, applied to, in, in some ways, to the older kids. There'll be some things that obviously don't translate very well. But um, I think with preschoolers, we have a really special time in their lives because they are I think they're both on okay. yeah he he checked the battery so we'll go I think can you tell Laura say something hi <laughs> I'm gonna pretend that they are not filming this because I do much better um, <laughs> No, the little guys are capable of so much. And what I find is actually parents are the ones that are surprised at how capable their kids are. They are just sponges. They can soak it all up. And, and I remember having one parent um, who, she was in our class. Kathy, Kathy teaches a, a teaching class. And I help her out with the preschool part of that. And what the mom, when I was telling her what we expect of our preschoolers, this is, I normally teach four-year-olds, but I taught them all. The mom was like, I never thought he could do that. And, and so what's amazing is we can bring out a lot of things that they aren't even gonna get at home. So this is a partnership. It's a very special partnership because of all things that we could ever do for any of the children is to make the classroom a place that, I mean, we only get them maybe an hour and a half per week if you're teaching Sunday and Wednesday all together, maybe two hours if you're lucky you have an hour class. But that does not at all replace the parenting. The parenting is really what, who is going to train their children. But we can complement that. And if we can make them excited and um, eager to learn God's word, what have we accomplished? That's incredible. So that really is what I, I don't want to think I'm an entertainer, but I want them to enjoy my class. And so in order to do that, I really need to get in touch with my inner preschooler. And I mean, think of it. I think we all have that preschool in us. We just kind of lose it over time. You, you lose the joy of, of seeing something and getting so excited about it. But as a preschool teacher, you get to do that. And
is um, I have found that because of online stuff as grandma I'm learning things that the kids are exposed to and get really excited about when I wasn't a grandma I didn't necessarily know that but being online there's all kinds of blogs and so forth that that can help you with preschool teachers and the ideas that they come up with so you know you don't have to reinvent everything and come up with it all on your own you can there's a lot of resources out there so um, I think the two main difference between Kathy's kids and my kids the preschoolers big difference is you're gonna keep things pretty basic uh, for the little guys I mean you're not gonna get really deep in-depth stuff now you can get you can do a lot but you're not gonna get that really deep in-depth that Kathy is gonna do in her class the other thing is these guys aren't readers so you're gonna to have to gear everything you do to non-readers I don't have a lot of words in my classroom now I do have the books of the Bible with the words of those they can't read it but they know what you know what they are I, I do have some sight words this is it this is a sandpaper letters so they can trace Bible God Jesus they very basic stuff but this is this is a sight word that they're going to learn what it is so I really don't have I try not to have a lot of words in the classroom if I have some words sometimes it's just for the parents sake um, anyhow so in a mini workshop like this what do you accomplish what do you try to cover there's not very much time to cover very much um, so I'll, I've got a lot up here but I can cover what I cover and if you have questions I'll answer it on the aftercasts kind of thing so the two things I want to cover today is talk about in our Bible classes we need the spotlight to be the Bible and then we're going to talk about what we can do in presenting Bible lessons so that's kind of my two goals this is obviously what it's all about if we can get this into this and a lot of preschool is just gaining knowledge of the Bible um, Bible facts they're very concrete thinkers that's what we're trying to put in there but if we can get it in here eventually we're going to get it into here and that's obviously what we want to do but I will tell you with the with the um, lessons the Bible stories being pretty basic I don't want to study on a basic level I want to study it's tempting it's tempting because you have a lot of handwork to cut out you've got some things to prepare for class don't make this your last thing that you work on start your week out knowing what's coming up and study it as an adult 
Because it, when you get that in-depth study, one thing, you're missing adult class on Sunday because you're teaching the little ones. Pay yourself off by studying in a deep level um, for yourself. But you'd be surprised. They'll ask you some questions at times where if you haven't studied it very deeply, you're not going to know the answer. So study deep. Do it for yourself. But that's the, also the only way you're going to be able to show your love for this word is if you're in it yourself. And that's what the kids need to see. So with the Bible being the spotlight, you all probably have seen, if you've seen, what is the, the group's name from the Gospel Advocates, they do the... No, the CDs that, that they have the workshop. What's her name? I thought I wrote it down. Oh. I'm going to tell you because I wrote it down. I just can't find where I did. Um, I lied because now I can't find it. Is it April Meacham and T.M. Yes. So this is where the, she came up with the big Bible. My disclaimer is that probably none of this stuff is original with me. <laughs> it's probably stuff I copied all along. And if I think it's original, I probably just forgot I actually saw it someplace else. So I'm good at stealing people's ideas. That's what teaching's all about. <laughs> so this is the big Bible, um, 66 books. So we've got the, the sight word, we've got 66 books. We got the Old Testament, 39 books. New Testament, 27 books. In the pockets, we have, we do have books, the books of the Bible. So these are something I purchased at a, a Mardell's, I think. But you could even put like, um, Velcro on the bottom of these. Put them on the floor as they come in and they, they, they hop from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. My kids learn the books of the Old Testament in the fourth, uh, in the four-year-old class. So something else that you can do with it is enlarge one of the books and then you have a review of the lessons that they have learned out of Genesis so far. Creation, uh, Adam and Eve, you know, just go through. And it's a great review, and it goes right here in the Old Testament. The other fun find I, ha I found was I did find some, some whiteboards that fit in it. And so you can teach your lesson right off the whiteboard from the Big Bible. I'm still discovering things that the Big Bible can do, but that's a that was a fun find. Now they suggest they suggested a foam core board. I just happen to have these boxes, and I'm like, that make a perfect Big Bible. <laughs> And 
wrestle with it. So, Bible facts again. We've got, what does Bible mean? It means books. How many books? 66 little books in the big book. Then, Old Testament, how many books? 39. Uh, how many in the New Testament? Actually, you're supposed to do, we've got two big parts of the Bible. What are they? The Old Testament and New Testament. Then we've got 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. Um, do you know how many men God used to write it? About 40. And you can discuss why we don't exactly know. But the most important part about this Bible, what is it? God's Word. It's God's Word. The powerful God that created the whole wide world gave us this His words. He wants to talk to us. And I want them to always know it's not me talking. It is God talking. When we are when we look at the any lesson in the Bible, I'm going to have them, I encourage them to bring their own, but we have Bibles in the classroom. I'm going to turn to that book and chapter and say, do you see First Chronicles 9? And then they point to it. They're learning some numbers. The two-year-olds don't do that so well. But the older ones do, but they're learning some numbers. But when we're, when we're turning, they don't know what they're necessarily looking for. But if I say, 1 Samuel, what can they see? They know 1 Samuel's kind of the beginning. So they're learning lots of things as we turn to the Bible. Most importantly, I want them to know it's not me. It's God talking to us. So... You guys want to do something with me? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Everything the Bible says is absolutely true. All right. You want to go turtle slow? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Everything the Bible says is absolutely true. How about? Bunny rabbit fast. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Everything the Bible says is absolutely true. So they love that. And I think that repetition's getting in there. They know it's absolutely true. Because none of it's made up. God didn't make fairy tales. He's telling us the truth. Then we talked about the 40 writers. And I talk about inspiration. This is kind of a mess. I decided I was going to spip it up, and then it was a disaster. But I'll show you what I'm talking about. So we talk about God breathed. So God breathed into those 40 men. And everything that came out of those men to go on the paper is God breathing out. It's God's words coming through those men who wrote the Bible. So just everything to, to tell them about God. It's God. It's not men making things up. Um, we talk about God talking to us. Does God call? 
call you on the phone. Say, hey, how are you today? I love you. Has God ever called you on the phone? No. Has God ever sent you a letter? This is a valentine. It tells you I love you. Has God ever sent you a valentine? God doesn't send valentines. How about a computer? Anything technical is like magic <laughs> magnet to them. So, has God ever written you a note on the computer? God doesn't send it that way. How about our ears? Do we know what God's voice sounds like with our ears? Anyway, so we talk about that. Um, then we talk about every different kind of looking Bible. They all, these all look different on the outside, but on the inside, the words are all God's words. So lots of lots of repetition with with that. We learn memory verses. Um, as I said, no, no words. You got to figure out something that represents a memory verse. This is, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Um, of course, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. I barely can understand the two-year-olds, but we spent all summer on creation. They, even with their strange words at times, they can say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We did it over and over and over again. So, then the other thing we talk about is, do you know what the most amazing treasure is? It is God's word. God, the God in heaven, the God who created the world. He is talking to us. So there's lots of ways to get it across to them. And it never is something I pass over. It's something I I drive that point every every class period. The other thing you can do is introduce, give them a little tickler about what the lesson's gonna be about. And so, I need to get moving on, otherwise I'm really not gonna do anything. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. So what do you, what do you think's in here? Can you hear it? What do you think's in here? Do it again. Oh, what is it? It's a sheep. So if I'm studying about the lost sheep, how would I spip it up? Um, they know the sheep is in there. My husband actually, he didn't do big dress ups. He, we didn't make him anything. This is, was a pillowcase. He stuck this over his head. He had a, a staff and he came in. He goes, does anybody know where my sheep is? I miss Baba. <laughs> he, looks, he looks all around the room and all the kids are pointing. So, and I have to say, we, we studied the lost things. We were gonna celebrate and I thought, ah, 
two-year-olds can't blow this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. But I do now, so. Try out things on the neighbor girl. With the little children around you before you bring it into Bible class. So we we established that it's God's word for sure. And we want to be able to tell the stories in a way that gets them excited. We know the, the tried and true ways. Um, we've got the Betty Lucan's flannel graph. Beautiful flannel graphs. For the little kids, the, what are these called? Oh, they're the, the beginner's Bible flannels. There aren't as many lessons, but really vibrant, and they look just like the pictures in this. Some teachers choose to um, just open up the lessons in here. If we're going to put the Bible in the spotlight, we have to make sure, whoops, we have to make sure that all of those Got it? We have to make sure that, that the narrative in, in here fits the Bible. So I rarely read it. I usually know the lessons well enough that I can just look at the picture and say what it is. Um, but, uh, well, that's my caution. Any materials you have, make sure it's biblical. Don't read it. We have a color printer available to us here, so sometimes we just blow up those pictures. Tried and true, easy, easy peasy way to put together a lesson. I love the Abeka pictures. They said they used to come in really big. I'm not sure they do anymore. I think they come in this size mostly. Um, let's see. Yep, like this. But I found at Goodwill in the book section, so children's books are 99 cents. I went on Senior Wednesday. <laughs> I found like five or six of Becca packets. It was like 83 cents a piece. It was amazing. So I am gonna look at every Goodwill in their book section <laughs> now on. Um, another great way is to do free Bible images. Again, technology, it's amazing. You open up your laptop. I don't project it normally out onto anything because you've got these little kids around you. You can easily show them the picture. Obviously, I'm not showing you anything, but um, the free Bible images, easy PowerPoints. So, and there's something about swiping and clicking that kids love. Let them advance the slide, they love it. The only downside was one little girl goes, make it move, make it move. It was supposed to be a movie in her eyes, but no, these are just pictures. <laughs> Another fun find was for these big books, very expensive, but right now they're on sale clearance at Mardell's. That's when I got them. Really amazing. 
pictures. Um, I'm not sure I would have paid full price, but they are amazing books. And they show different, different ones. So you can take a look at that later if you want. We talked about flannel grafts. Just switch it up. Put it on a put it on an apron. Just changing location for your for your stuff. Warning, don't iron it. It doesn't work real well after you iron it. So that's why I'm not showing you anything on it. But I think what I decided to do is um something that Velcro will stick to. I've got some of the material. It's not easy to find, but I did find some material. So Anyway, you've got your tried and true. I liken it to, maybe it's just me. I have, um, I have kind of a rotation of dinner ideas. Now I do different ones and they're very effective. They fill us up, they nourish us, but I feel like I make the same thing over and over and over. Am I the only one that does that? So that's how I kind of feel about Bible class stuff. The tried and true stuff is what we do over and over and over. But you know when you throw in that new recipe and your husband goes, wow, what happened? This is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I remembered I could cook. And so um, anyhow, I think we should do that with our Bible class. I'm not saying every time because you would be exhausted if every single week you tried to figure out how to spice it up. The other's fine. It did what it needed to do, but learn how to spice it up a little bit. And that's what this stuff is all about. I told you this summer we studied about creation and I made these sensory jars. This is Voss water jars. So in the beginning it was all dark and then God separated. He said, let there be light, and the light separated from the darkness. So that settles out. And the same thing with the water. Day two, the, the sky above and the water below. And then you can take a look. The only one that threw me for a loop was the sun, moon, and stars, um, because you had to have two different jars. So I walked up every aisle in the grocery store trying to find jars that were kind of the same size and shape if I put them together like that and found them. Um, I think creation something that even if that's not part of your curriculum for that period of time, it's never, it's never bad to keep reviewing uh, creation because what is going to be challenged in their life more than that? So I have lots of creation things. This is a this is a grab bag. They pull out something. Well, here's here's some water, and then they figure out what bag it actually belongs belongs in, um, and then they and they separate it out. Here's here's a dice. That was an easy thing. You've got six days, and you've got six parts up to your dice, and you just these are pictures on the you can find easily on the internet. This is a magnet, or well, it's cookie sheet, but little magnets, so you've got, on day one, there's one thing to put on, 
on day two, there's two things to put on, three, and so forth. So that's something that they can be working on maybe pre-session while they're waiting for all the other kids to come to class and that kind of thing. Then we have, well, if we're talking about the prophets, I just used some old final figures. Now, honestly, I think you should stick with nice looking flannel graphs. If you've got the old ones that are curling up on the edges and look kind of ratty, maybe you either make it, copy it on the color copier upstairs and it'll look nicer, or, um, I don't know, find something else. But these are, these were actually old flannel graph things. And it's just, well, let me show you. This is Jeremiah, he's in the pit. He, get, he gets thrown in the dungeon of mud. But, but the thing that makes it is you go, warning, obey God or else. So just, you know, change it up and make it that idea. That's the spice that I'm talking about. We've got some props. This is, who do you think that is? Zacchaeus. He's a little toilet paper roll. <laughs> and I, I went to a, um, I went to a workshop last, well, about a year ago in Texas, and they had toilet paper roll people. I have more toilet paper rolls than I have. So I can make a huge trash can full of to toilet, bowl, uh, toilet paper roll people. But I've done some. This one, I was very proud to say, who do you think it is? Jesus. Of course it is. My granddaughter knew at three that this is Jesus. So. <laughs> um, then I was very inspired. Oh, well, you know, look at this. So I've got Zacchaeus, but I can use the tree for something else. This is Eve. Her... her the leaves can come off, but I left them on for, <laughs> for present company. So, here's Adam. He's got his animal skins on. So, and I think I probably dropped hers. She, she has animal skins too. She honestly looks to me like um, Elvis Presley's wife. <laughs> anyway, so here's here's the tree. <laughs> I decided that I wanted to use the dragon fruit, not because I thought that was the wicked, the, the bad fruit on the tree of good and evil, but I found at Dollar Tree some fruit and then it comes apart and it happened to be a dragon fruit. I'm like, they don't know what that is. They can, they can just assume that that's what kind of tree it was. So too many times you see apples, I'm not sure why, but I don't know. I guess we'll ask God when we get there. Was it an apple tree? Um, it is not. It's one of those um, mailing tubes. So I, we happen to have it around. You see the white plastic thing? This, the bark stuff, that is duct tape. 
you combine duct tape with that. And I had used it in their creation books for the tree trunk on day three. And it covered, I'm like, I gotta make a tree. I've got tree trunk stuff. So here is something called, um, what's her name? I'll think of it. Debbie Jackson. No. Bible teacher. What is that girl's name? I only know one or two, so which one? The one that we found the great visuals out on her site. Oh, 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 oh. No, she's online. She's online. Danielle's Place. Danielle's Place has great visuals. And so she, I had done the, the Lazarus, or the, the lame man, that his friends helped him down the, um, through the ceiling. So, you know, it's so crowded on the outside. Um, they can't get to Jesus. So his friends go up on the roof. All right, so his friends go up on the roof. Now we look at the inside. This is a turny little table. So he can turn these. Anyway, they go up on the roof. Well, then you take off the roof and you let their buddy down. But think of it. This, and then Jesus heals them, of course. But you could hide the spies under this. You could, um, I don't know, it could be anybody's little house. So, and I was inspired with to make that on Danielle's place, they were much smaller, and I, when I used it, I made it out of uh, cardstock, so it was a stiff little house. But I saw this at Dollar Tree. It's awesome. It's 3D. I'm like, I've got to make a house. I'm sure that you don't see houses like this in Israel. But they will never know until they get older and they get to go to Israel. So, anyhow. And I got to use my duct tape floor. I don't think they have wooden floors either. But we're not trying to be totally accurate. So, um, then these guys... We want a king. Give us a king. And did God think it was a good idea? What did he say the boys would become? Soldiers. Boys would become soldiers. Girls would become slaves. What would happen to their land? The king would take it away, right? So after after praying to God, Samuel said, what should we do? God said, let's pick a king. So, what do we know about the king? It was taller, so we're going to give this guy the honors. King Saul, of course. Put a, a crown on him. This is David and Jonathan, but let me show you what they are. What do you think they are? The kids, the kids are so excited to go, oh, those are bottles. <laughs> they are bottles. 
rice, it was Kathy's genius idea because I kept knocking the bottles over. But if you put a little weight in them, you take a sock, and who doesn't have unpaired socks at home? <laughs> so you take a sock, stick it in there, take a, I think I can, I think I can give Karen credit for this. He's got a painted face. But you take a, a wooden spoon, or they're harder to find these days, cheaply. So you can use a big tongue depressor. Anyway, you just stick it down in there and keep kind of cramming it down in there. And then you've got your, I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy Bible character. There we go, all done. All you have to do is tie a, something around the waist. I love these bottles. This is Samuel. I have three different sizes and his mom keeps bringing him a new coat. Got a little size. But let me show you why I love this bottle. It's got a waist. So it's one of these kinds of bottles. So it's awesome. Um, let's see, if I'm talking about if I'm talking about miracles, that's a really hard concept. So I say abracadabra. Oh, there's nothing in there. Abracadabra, and then you pull out the, the bunny. You know what? Miracles are not tricky tricks like that. That was a tricky trick. And then you talk about the miracles that Elijah performed, making the yucky water good again. This does come on. And he helped three kings win a war. Here's Elisha healing a little boy. So he's on the bed. Dead. And then he comes alive. And his eyes are open. And then the, the pots where the oil fills. So if you use a um, flip chart with little kids, it's very important. I mean, this one's super long. This is, of course, the five loaves and two fishes. Really long story. You can you can take some of the pages out and still keep the, the story going properly. But to add pizzazz, here we go. I got to stand in front of this. To add pizzazz. So you've got your five loaves and two fishes. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll show you this because the kids love. Where is she? Anyway, one of the little boys in the class loved this. We were talking about the leprosy, and so I stuck it on him and talked about how it could it could go from them to their friends so they had to stay away they couldn't even be near their friends and um they loved it and then jesus jesus healed them and we took the this we called them boo-boos in the two-year-old class but i don't think you you don't necessarily have to stick with the boo-boos for the um 
older kids. My time is up. I feel bad. I have got so many things I would like to show you. Um, let me show you this real quick. This is a Samson lesson. Really easy to do. Gather items that would represent the lesson and just ask one of them to pull the first one off. An angel told Noah and his wife they were going to have a baby. And then you, you pull off, I don't know. There, you can guess your own. Here's the baby. He came and then it talks about how he grows up and gets strong and all of that and kills a lion with his bare hands. But you, you just pick an item that will represent, you know, increments of that lesson and talk about that. And they love pulling the strings and they pay attention to what you're saying. So, okie dokie. I'll show you my Samson here and then I'm gonna be done. This is, <laughs> this is spicy. You take a, a ball cap, cut off the bill. This is yarn. I, I checked at Hobby Lobby, it's so expensive. I'm like, I can't make Samson hair. But um, went to Joann's. They have coupons at Joann's that you can use. And it was like half the price of Hobby Lobby. So it must be different material or something. I don't know what the difference is. So much cheaper at Hobby Lobby. But the kids love um, Samson's hair. So talk about how you do that when they first come into the class. You lay that out. Yes. If you, if you want to get their little minds going and gearing up for a Bible lesson, like, oh, what are we going to study about? Just lay something like this out on the table and let them explore it when they come in. Whoa, sorry. That's okay. I got it. It died. Um, they love it. And, and it does. You're getting their minds going. You're getting them anxious and eager to learn what's coming next. Okie doke. We're in for a treat with Kathy. Hopefully she gets through way more of her stuff than I got through mine. You are good. I'm excited. So if you would like to attend Lisa's preschool class, Actually, she's not teaching tomorrow, so you're out of luck. Depending on if yeah, if we have enough kids tomorrow, she'll be teaching. But um, now I grew. Lisa's my sister. I grew up with her. Believe me, it's very intimidating to have people like Lisa and Karen in your family when you can't do anything. So thank you, Lisa. And we have twelve minutes before Kathy's class starts. Can I just say one thing about her lesson? Yes. The most important thing is to be enthusiastic. Oh, she is. Yes. Because if you find it and 